This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9. Hi, I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. By the way, if you want to be part of the discussion, please, by all means, uh, let us know. Uh, you can telegram us on 0618951019. That's 0618951019. And you can SMS us on 34519. Uh, and we're talking today to Gordon McIntyre. Uh, he is... Uh, someone who actually went and uh, went and visited Israel and actually volunteered uh, to help the IDF, which I think is a very interesting story. It's something that people do do. Uh, so we just thought we'd, we'd uh, bring in someone who who uh, has done that. Uh, Gordon, thank you so much for joining us on Chai FM. Bokatov. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, so so yeah. So you so you. Um, you have quite an interesting history. You, you started off actually not living. You're not, you're not a South African. You, you're uh, from elsewhere in the continent. A, a Rhodesian was now, now Zimbabwe. Yes. I was there for a number of years. Worked in South Africa for 20 odd years. Then I went back to Zimbabwe. Then okay. when the farms got taken over, uh, 2001, things were a bit tough, so I, I left. I had 10 years in England and then five great years in Scotland as a caddy. But the winters in Scotland were absolutely horrendous. And like the minimum was minus four, the maximum was plus four. Sun comes up at 9 o'clock, goes down at 3 o'clock. I said, this is not for me. So I went off to Israel. And, um, oh, I hang, on, hang on, hang on. Before you get to Israel, yeah. I just have to, I yeah. mean, because yeah. uh, you are a golfer, you work yeah. uh, nearby at, 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 at Hull, Hull Park. Park. Okay, okay. so that's, yeah. that's very interesting because I mean, kind of the home of golf is very much in Scotland, right? St. Andrews, that's right. I was a caddy there for five years. Okay, so hang on. Before we get into the Israel, <laughs> but I, that, that's fascinating. So what, what is it like being a caddy in, in, uh, in, in, in Scotland? I died and thought I went to heaven because I've been playing golf for 50-odd years. As a kid, you dream of going there. Right. And when I stood there on my 50th birthday, I stood in a crowd like a baby. I was actually at the home of golf. And uh, I used to caddy between 350 to 450 rounds a year. Okay. So I've done over 2,000 rounds around the old course. And I played five senior British Open, so I've, I've lived the golfing dream. Plus, plus, plus. And so, 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 did you caddy for the guys who played the big tournaments there in the Open or whatever, or uh, is it just like I don't even know what what does a normal person who plays <laughs> golf at St Andrews look like? Well, every, everybody, and the, when they have a, a thing called the Dunhill, where all the celebrities and movie stars come, mm-hmm. like caddies for a chap called Samuel Jackson. I've heard of uh, him. Yes, Ma- Michael Douglas, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine uh, Zeta-Jones plays golf. She was there with Michael Douglas. <laughs> uh, and then I did Liz Hurley. Um, one of the funniest guys was a guy called Bill Murray, who you know from Caddyshack. Mm. Absolute a rubbish golfer, but a really funny guy. Um, then the sportsman I've caddied for Ian Botham and Shane Warne, the cricketers. I uh, caddied for Skulk Berger, the, the rugby player from South Africa. Uh, you know, when 2,000 people you meet them, all, I think probably the most uh, touching one was a chap called Arnold Palmer, the king. I caddied for Arnold, his very last round he ever played at St. Andrew. Oh, wow. And I carried for Neil Armstrong, the man on the moon. One of the most humble, quiet, unassuming gentlemen. Just a really lovely guy. I went to have dinner with him at the Old Course Hotel. So you just meet everybody's just like that once in a lifetime. It's like a pilgrimage. You know, if you're a tennis player, you go to Wimbledon. Rugby player, you go to Twickenham. Golfer, you go to St. Andrews. So it's just fantastic, really. Oh, nice. that, yeah, that is fascinating. Is it true that they have sheep on the golf course? I've, yeah. I've heard that. Historically, is what um, we're talking like 800 years ago. Mm-hmm. Scotland was the area where it is now St. Andrews. We, was actually a sheep farm. And there was rabbits, and rabbits do what rabbits do, and used to make lots of holes. So while the guys were looking after the sheep, they had the crook, and they then hit the stones into the rabbit holes. So that's how golf started at St. Andrews, oh, 800 yeah. years ago. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, you had a bit of a golfing background, mm-hmm. uh, and and then you decided you wanted to uh, go to go to Israel. And uh, so, so what did you what did you do while you were there? So I went and I, I 
knocked on all sorts of doors and looked to where I could go. And I, first of all, I want to go to a kibbutz. I thought, if I go to a kibbutz, then I'll be looked after food-wise. Mm-hmm. And I went there. There's no, you're too old. <laughs> we don't take you. <laughs> I said, what about anywhere else? I said, oh, there's a place called Sorel in the army. You can go and join them. Okay. So I walked down. The, this is in Tel Aviv. So I walked down the, along the beachfront to number 13579 Jerusalem Road. And I walked and I walked and I walked and I walked. And I got to the little place that had like a little window. And I said, I'm con- trying to find out coming to work as an Israeli army. So the woman said, oh, come around. So I went inside. And a lady called Pamela Lazarus, she's the coordinator for Sorel. She says, oh, where are you from? I said, oh, from Rhodesia. She said, oh, my grandfather learned to fly his airplanes in a place called Guelo in Rhodesia. So I said, any chance of coming? He said, yes, they have three-week camps or two-week camps. So I then went with her. And it was just a fantastic experience. Every base camp you go to, between 20 to 30 volunteers. And throughout the year, they have about 4,000 volunteers from all around the world to go to Sorel. But we don't do any military work. We carry, we go into the base camp so the kids can carry on playing soldiers. So we work in the kitchen, we do painting, repair radios, do all the odd, odd, odd jobs, which is just great. And then in the evenings, we have lectures by these Madrachot and Madrachim. It was very interesting getting the Israeli perspective of the war, like Urgun, we heard the history of the Urgun and some of the things like that, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, some of the jobs we did, I packed medical supplies. We used to make these pallets of all the medical supplies went all around the world. And at that untold stories, I met that one lady girl. She was the lady who would take our medical pallets out all, all around the world. So that was a really, really fun evening, the untold stories, knowing that our work had an effect somewhere down the line. Uh, okay, so, so I mean, just to give people a perspective who might not know, so the Zionist Federation hosted Golwiski a few weeks ago who delivers medical supplies to, to Syria. Uh, and, and other places That's where really Israelis can go. So you say that you actually, you were doing some of the packing of that sort of stuff. Sure, yeah. I was at a place called Matrap, the medical supply base, mm-hmm. and a guy called Albert, and quite often he said, oh, we've got an emergency. Would you guys mind working over the weekend? So there's myself, a chap called Ivo, who was from New York, and a guy called Albert, who, um, who also came. So we would do, do all these things, actually work. Just great to do. And it's very rewarding to know that we did something and there was of some benefit down the line. Even when they had that, uh, uh, attack and raid on Gaza, we made all the medical supplies for, for that as well. So, we like to know that, is what really impressed me with the medical supply was every little kid who is in the army is like children who got disabilities, whatever. Even those kids, they would roll up bandages or count tablets and that time. And that really struck me that no person in Israel is feel left out. You all feel part of the community. And then for our weekends away, we do I'm, I'm, so I'm, I want to get to that. We're just going to take a, a short break and we come back or speaking again to Gordon Mack. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. And uh, welcome back to the show. By the way, if you want to be part of it, 0618951019. You can also SMS us three four. Five one nine. So, Gordon, we've been chatting uh, about your experiences uh, doing doing camps and doing uh, army support services um, in in Israel. Uh, what did you do on the weekends? Because you you said that that was uh, slightly different from what you did during the week. Well, that is actually great because we actually got to interact with the local Israeli people. We've got a hostel called Bed Adet in Old Yafo. Which, if you know anything about the history of, of the biblical homeland, it's like over 3,000 year history there. So we'd stay in bed and then we'd walk along the beach and going to Tel Aviv. And that is just a fantastic, when Shabbat and the, and the Sabbath there is just really, really magic. And I'd often go to the American, next to the American embassy is a place called Mike's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And they've got these big TV screens. There's golf and there's Formula One and cricket and rugby and baseball. And I'd always order like milkshake and hamburger and whatever. So and then when it come time to play, so can I pay? No, no, sir. Why? We know you're volunteer in the Israeli army. You don't pay. So, that, 
how they knew that I was a volunteer, God alone knows. But I mean, they just just so warm and inviting. And, and that then, and that part of Tel Aviv is great because yeah. the, the embassy is right, right there on right, the beach. Right? It's just great. Yeah, I'm and pretty sure the, that's why they didn't want to move it. <laughs> <laughs> and all, all those girls in bikinis. I'm a little bit older, but if I was 20, 30 years younger, would have a lot more fun on the beach. I'm sure. <laughs> and then uh, I also, being a golfer, I went up to a place called. Um, Cazeri or Cesare? Mm, Cesare, that's the, the old, uh, only uh, golf course. Yeah, no, there's another one called Gosh, it's a nine hole course. So okay. I'd go up there and I played golf there. Um, then some of my camps I was at the Sea of Galilee, uh, Kinneret, and then I was also down at Beersheba where we had rockets coming at us. Um, one of the very interesting ones was we actually made um, the parachutes for the tanks. You know, when they do the raids, they've got these parachutes and they throw these tanks out of the back of an uh, aeroplane. Our job was to roll up those um, uh, parachutes. Also up the Sea of Galilee. There's one unit there we made all the, the, the duffel bags for all the guys in the tank unit. And okay. I, don't, I don't know if you know the history, that that's the only unit where there's no women in because it's all the real orthodox, you know, conventional men. Gun. And that's the only unit they don't have ladies because they don't want to be in a confined space with women in case when they're menstruating or whatever. And we also did radio repairs, went up at there and then a place at Netafim, right up in, in the north. And to go to the Sea of Galilee, you know the story of like the lone soldier. And yes, yes. So they treated us like lone soldiers at the Sea of Galilee. So we looked after by the people we were taken in. And, you know, to watch the sunrise, the sunset on the Sea of Galilee was just like so special. So tell me, what are the kind of people that you're meeting when you're, when you're on these camps? Uh, are there older people, younger people, women, men? Who are the kinds of people who, who go and, and, and do this kind of volunteer service? They have about 4,000 a year who go from all around the world. A lot of Americans, a lot of Canadians. Quite a few Scandinavians, Norway, Sweden, whatever. A couple from Australia. I was only the ever, all, all my five years of doing was the only guy who ever came from Scotland. For what reason God alone knows. Um, but the, the age group is goes from 18 to 80. Okay. So all, and all, whole wide, wide, wide cross section of people. Um, the men and women, you have just separate barracks. So there's normally like between 20 to 30 people on a base camp at a time. And you do your various functions during the day, and they feed they feed you so well. I mean, the army marches on the stomach, and the Israeli army is silly enough how to feed you. <laughs> and then during a certain function, like the time of Tubushvat, you know, when the, every kid plants a tree, we went to go and, um, to a school and plant trees. And every single camp we went to, General David, who was the commander of um, Sorel, he would come and visit us. So I was quite humbled that uh, General David, who's like a world-renowned um, soldier, he would come and come and to our low level being being the uh, volunteers. So they're very appreciative of the fact they are volunteers. And they're always looking for volunteers to go there. There's a lady called Pamela Lazarus. She's like a mother hen. You know the original Jewish mama? She mm-hmm. just fusses everybody. She meets you at the airport and sends you off to your station with two or three madrachot. And when you get to the base camp, you then get a uniform. And every morning you have the sunrise. Uh, we have a flag-raising ceremony, which then we sing the national hatikva. So we sing that in the morning. So it's just... I had eight years in the Norwegian army, so I know what it's like to be in the military, but the Israeli army are really, really special. Now, you know, the, the Scottish, in Scotland sometimes there is this like perception of uh, people as a bit of an anti-Israel vibe or, or whatever. Did you find that when you went back to Scotland maybe or, or something like that? Yeah, I had plenty of problems about that because they, in Dundee they've got a Palestinian headquarters. So the guys in the Kaddishak said, oh, what are you doing? You're going killing innocent children. Blah, blah. I said, no, no, you know, when I was actually at Besheva, we had, there was a raid uh, from uh, Gaza, and the Israelis know they, they retaliate, and they blew up a school. There was about, I think there were about 30 or 40 children killed and about 500 injured. When I went back to Scotland, they tore the rip, really ripped me. said, no, you're killing innocent children. I said, hang on, hang on. He said, what you guys must do, you must listen first. Where were the arms cache? There was an arms cache underneath the school. So who put the arms there in the first place? That's what you guys should bring in. Oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about. So eventually what I said, it goes, right. 
Put your hand up who's been to Israel. Okay, none of you. Put your hand to come and spend six months in Israel. Uh, nobody said, okay. Till such time you guys come there and experience it, our discussion is over. Ah, but we saw on the BBC, or we saw on CNN. I said, well, that's just biased press reporting. To physically be there. It's, I feel sorry for those kids who are living in like Sterot and uh, Beshoven. It's not a good life for those kids. I mean, they spend their life in the play, playground, then they've got to rush into the bomb shelter. So it's mm-hmm. a tough life, tough life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is there any kind of army discipline? I mean, you mentioned the, the flag-raising ceremony, but do you have to uh, march or do you have to uh, push-ups or any of that kind of stuff, or is it more just sort of the work aspect of it? Is there any other kind of army life? Uh, do they give you a uniform, for example? Yeah, we all, we all wear brown uniform. Um, we don't have to do any of the uh, physical stuff. Certain camps we go to, like when I was up at, at Mount uh, um, Weapon North, uh, the, on the Syrian border and the Lebanon border there, they were, we were in a base camp where like these, the elite guys were, we were going out. So we'd see these guys doing exercise. We didn't physically do that at all. Um, we were allowed to use weapons at certain, certain places. Uh, depending where they go to the range, we could see them doing. We also, at one place, we saw them when they were firing the tanks, the mm. weapons at that time. So we did see all those things. But we physically didn't, didn't carry any weapons. Because people haven't got military training, you don't want to take a chance with that then. Yeah, absolutely. But, but the, it's just a, a, a privilege to be wearing the Israeli uniform. And then, when you're normally in a three-week camp, after you've been there for one week, they give you the special tabs. So we have tabs on our shoulder which says that we are a volunteer in, in Sahrel. So around the base camp, they, you know, got all the different units that we could then be identified as being the volunteers. So that was really, really, really special. Okay, so they actually yeah. do recognize oh, the fact that yeah. the volunteers are coming and are there and, and doing their bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we treat it really well. And every camp you go at, we have, uh, on, normally on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, they take us on an outing. Either go to Jerusalem or Tel Aviv or Sea of Galilee, wherever. So when we go out, we always civilian clothes then. But on the bus with us, there's always, um, Three guys in uniform with weapons, and there's three guys or girls in civilian clothes. So we well well protected because they could not afford to have any of us being injured or whatever happened. To it. Historically, is what happened there. I don't know if you remember it in the Six Day War in 1967. They or everybody was was mobilized. So they then they found that people weren't picking the fruit, trees weren't being looked after, farming wasn't done. So that's why a couple of the Jewish guys went over to New York and said, "We want you guys to come and help us." So that's how Sorrel started as volunteers to physically be doing the other work, and then um, it's just evolved and grown and grown since, since then. And so if you want to go volunteer, I mean, what, is there like a cost involved? How, how does it work that uh, people people go and, and, and do it? Okay, you go dot org, and you contact a lady called Pamela Lazarus. She's a program coordinator. They've got various camps throughout. They've got the calendar, and you can see which time. Any time they don't have people volunteers for Pesach. So okay. you, you've got, got to, nobody does, does anything at that time. But they have a two-week camp or a three-week camp. And depending on your age and whatever your experiences are, they, they'll allocate you according. So you with, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in, in my 60s. I normally have people between, between like 50 to 70 kind of age group. So you put with people the same age as you, and they're given certain tasks that you can do. Um, and they're really, really well, well, well looked after. I mean, if I was a young kid, if I had my life ever again, I would have gone straight to Israel again. It was just a fantastic experience. It really was. Very, very interesting. Gordon, thank you so much for coming in today. We really Pleasure. appreciate it. And uh, uh, we'll see you on the course uh, at, at, Huddle. at Huddle. At Huddle Park, yes, sir. <laughs> thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. And the honor and the privilege of, of serving in Israel is just really, really special. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Gordon McIntyre there, who is a, a friend of Israel. Um, there was a, a, a question here. Oh, uh, Natalie, Natalie Joel, just, oh, Gordon, just about your, uh, um, just, just about your question on the tanks. She, she came in. So she said, 
she says that the I'm sure that the no reason that there's there is a reason that no woman in the unit is because of this enclosed space. It doesn't have to do uh, with menstruation, more to do with avoiding sexual relationships. So uh, well, I was told that the Orthodox men do not want to be in that environment. I don't know. Okay. That's well, I was told, yeah. That's. Uh, but it's uh, what, is, what amazed me in the Israeli army. I mean, the girls do everything. They they fly fly airplanes. They do the military. That I mean, it's fantastic. And and the Israeli girls are so warm and friendly. They have these madrachot madrachim. There was a lot actually came from Russia, and there was two girls who came from Manchester. They got this beautiful English accent. And they, I said, "What are you doing in the Israeli army?" But these girls have come there and they've learned the Hebrew language. the one girl, she's actually married to a, a lieutenant in, in the army there. So. It's just great. People all around the world come. It's just phenomenal. It really is. Absolutely amazing. Take a short break. Um, and we'll be back just after this.